What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Music Podcast Deluxe. Featuring Don't Believe the Hype. And we're about to blow your f***ing minds. Whoa, whoa, Muck. Let's lay it back a bit. Thanks, Dre. What would I do without you? Representing Montreal, Canada, we're coming to you straight from the DBTH sound room. Damn, that sounds tight. But you know we're sitting on the couch, right? So join us. Every episode where we're going to be talking about concerts, records, experiences, and everything in between. Stay a while, and let's make some time for music. You're fucking flaky, bro. This is the Music Podcast Deluxe. Look, dude, I know we're professionals, but you know when you record crap, you just sometimes have to delete and start over. This is us starting over in episode 9 of the Music Podcast Deluxe. We're going to be talking generally about how disappointed you can get as a music lover. Before we get to that, we got some news. Some good news. Some local news, as local as it can get. Finally fixed, or in the process of fixing, my goddamn bass amp. It's about fucking time, dude. Yep. We're uh, cutting a new hole in a new piece of wood. Stick that shit in. Hook it all up. It's going to sound fucking awesome. You know, at the same time, I think if we didn't have this podcast to work on, you probably would have fixed the amp a lot quicker. I don't think so. You don't think so? <laughs> you lazy asshole. <laughs> hey, man. I got shit to do. But aside from that, you check out Mountain Dust? Yeah, man. You showed me their stuff a couple weeks ago, and I've been fucking hooked on it. The album there, Nine Years? Yeah. Oh, it's heavy, dude. It's dirty. It's heavy. I'm, I, I, I can't stop listening to it. These guys are great. They just had their uh, vinyl release party last week. On Friday, right? Yeah, I need to. I, I couldn't get out to the show, but I need to pick up that record. I'd love to have that. And I mean, obviously, we've got to talk to them about Record Store Day. Coming up this Saturday, the 22nd of April. Yeah, uh, this year's ambassador is St. Vincent. Female artist, really talented. And so what, what does that mean, the ambassador of Record Store Day? I generally just thought that Artists were just releasing a whole bunch of new stuff that was exclusive to the store, and that was it. Look, there's no real responsibilities for an ambassador of Record Store Day other than being the face of Record Store Day that year. That's how I feel. Like, in the past, it's been Metallica and Jack White and I think Dave Grohl at some point. Okay. They take their turns in the spotlight, kind of just promoting Record Store Day that year. Promoting vinyl records in general and... and Music, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I mean, in essence, Record Store Day is a very nice idea, you know? Um, You you physically go out to the record stores, and you have access to these special releases that are all in limited quantity. So for a collector, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And... I mean, also for the record stores. I mean, it's a great it's a great publicity tool, you know, to have this once a year. With all that being said, I'm sure as hell not going to stand in line at 8 o'clock in the morning. But I took a look. There's some interesting stuff. There's a big LLP that I'd love to get my hands on. Well, look, I, look, I went through the list and I saw uh, The Offspring Smash. Yeah. Would love to find that and get my hands on it. Um, what else did I mention? Oh, the uh, Run the Jewels... Gift box, that'd be or gift bag, that'd be really cool. I don't know what's in it, but you see a lot of different items available, things that you wouldn't normally see during the year. So I mean, there's there is a certain allure, but then comes the the disappointment, right? Like you wait in line for fucking ten hours and not find what you're looking for. Yeah, because or they don't even have it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, 
to a certain extent, the record store can't possibly have every single one of these items. They have to pick and choose what they're going to have on their shelves, try and read what their clientele wants or needs. I mean, that process inevitably leads to some clients being disappointed, not finding what they want, or waiting much longer than they wanted. Or you wait in line all day and get lucky. Regardless of Record Store Day, we want to talk to you guys a little bit about um, some of the cons to being a music lover, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, this relationship we have with music normally is something that'll, you know, lift you up, inspire you, motivate you. But with all this emotion being spent and this attachment happening, you begin to lean on it a little bit. And it can disappoint you and it can let you down. So, I mean, that's what we're going to be talking about. You know, those, those, those letdowns that you have to experience as a music lover. The first disappointment we should talk about is called the sophomore album Slump, right? That's kind of when a band you're so into, freaking out about, they just release their second album. And, yeah. It's just really average. Yeah. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're trying, if they're trying for something and it fails, and it just really sucks. You know, you can say, ah, oh, they really, they tried something different. But if it's just mediocre, that's, that's what stings the most. And this sophomore album slump, it's, it's an actual thing. They ran a study where they took Rolling Stone's 100 best albums of all time and then took a look at the albums that followed that album. And 66% of the time, it was uh, rated much, much lower than the album that came before it. Their debut album, right? So this was like the first time that they put an album out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the 100 best debut albums of all time. You know, an album comes out, you're listening to it all the time. It could be three, four, five years sometimes. Take Tool, releases an album every five, six years. You're into it, you're you're listening to it over and over and over and over and you're waiting years Mm -hmm. for the next album to come out. And it finally drops... And you're just like, eh. Well, I mean, the inverse is true too, right? You could, it could be one, they could be one year apart and this is a up and coming artist and they've just maybe experimented a little too far in one direction and you're just not in love with it anymore. But I mean, on the flip side, maybe a different person with different tastes would be like, oh my God, that's the best album I've ever heard. And their original could be the disappointment. Uh, I mean, totally. And I, for some bands, I mean, the the disappointment doesn't stop at one album either. <laughs> they just keep shooting blanks. <laughs> it's just... What it is, is the, the first album is really kind of a greatest hits of the band. Because they could have been together for 10 years, and these are the best songs that they have to release for their first album. And then they only have a few years after that to come up with the rest. Right. For the, for the new stuff, right? In a sense... It's easier to have a kick-ass first album than a kick-ass second album. For some bands, that's how it works. For other bands, they manage to get to another level and they can kind of produce something better and different. They grow together, but it really depends. That's it. And you see that naturally with a lot of the, the new stuff coming out or a lot of the you know generally popular music. Is that The second albums are usually really good and we tend to enjoy them, but... You still get those one-offs, yeah, right? That's it, exactly. You know what helps me deal with with this is you have to realize that when a band releases an album, it's you know it's a work of art. 
think about it like a painting. It's just there, frozen in time, mm -hmm. unchanged. But the artist is still evolving as a person and uh, within the band. And if any conflicts might come up, that might affect the music. So you can't expect the artist to be able to keep producing that same painting over and over again. But you can find comfort in knowing that that painting will never change. You know, you'll always have that album. You know what's also very possible is that uh, we discussed this whole creation of this episode on disappointment and stuff when we had a kind of series of real pissing rain days. Right? Down that spring, cold rain downpour for so, four days straight. So I think this move here and this transition into summer is going to be nice for us. We got a lot of good festivals coming up and uh, a lot of shit to look forward to. So Festivals. Talking disappointments, talking festivals. How expensive is it to go to a fucking festival these days, man? Apparently, it keeps getting more and more expensive every year. Yeah, apparently like $500 for a couple. Yeah. It's pretty insane when you oh, think about it. It's up there, man. It's something to like really have to take a, a chunk of budget away in order to do because you're talking about the tickets. What about the parking? What about any kind of food? You just see how the price. Yeah, food, beer. They're, they're fucking gold diggers, man. They, they, they gouge. You have to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then worst of all, sometimes you get there and the fucking band just cancels last minute. And it was like one of the top bands you wanted to go see. I remember, I think the year was 2009 when Eminem headlined Oceaga. Yep. Uh, Kid Cudi, no show, got stopped at the border, whatever the hell that means. Day of performance. That's ridiculous. You know how I found out about that? I was, uh, we had gotten a hotel downtown that year and I was checking in at the lobby and there was a couple girls that came in and they were from, uh, New York and they were talking amongst themselves and I overheard the, the one girl's talking about how excited she is to see Kid Cudi. Okay. And then the other girl has her cell phone open and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> oh no. Yes. Oh, that's terrible, dude. That's, oh my God, he canceled. He's not going to make it. And they're like, what? I came from New York for this. Like, this is the, the main oh. thing I wanted to see. They're checking into the hotel. They spent money. Hotel, ticket for the three days of the festival. But that's like, that's Summer Festivals 101. You never go for just one No, no, you can't. Because, I mean, look what happened to us at Festival Ete de Quebec. Mm -hmm. We went, we had it planned out. We wanted to go see Tragically Hip. We wanted to go see Royal Blood. We wanted to go see Foo Fighters. And we wanted to go back and see The Stones. Right? So we pretty much set out on it, and we had justified the price of the ticket based on that. It's, despite it's a drive. deal and a half. Except when the day that Foo Fighters are headlining, it is pissing fucking rain all day. No, no, it's not pissing. It's shitting rain. It, I have never experienced a downpour like that in my life. Lightning hitting buildings near us. It was fucking scary. Like, I think I looked over at you several times, and I was like, is it safe for us to be on the hill right now? With the amount of lightning. There was, there was what, 50,000, 60,000 people there that night? Uh, ballpark, yeah. Ballpark. I felt, for the first time in my life, that crowd panic. People started to rush out and were worried about their safety. Like, I felt it. People were frantic. Well, I mean, it doesn't help when Dave Grohl, after playing four songs, thankfully we got to see four incredible songs... 
as as scary as it was and as inconvenient as it was to be standing out there in that downpour, the fact that we got to see four songs in a thunderstorm <laughs> was incredible. Until he got on the mic and told everyone it wasn't safe. Oh, yeah. It's not safe. It's not safe. <laughs> oh, oh, what an experience. Oh, well, we turned a negative into a positive. That's yeah. silver lining right there. And just hearing him play something from nothing was like absolutely fucking insane in the rain. And there were pictures all over the place when it happened. So, uh, I mean, I can't really express how crazy it was to be there during that rainstorm and lightning almost death tragedy. Let's call it that. Um, but uh, it was fucking awesome. But I think if we got to talk disappointments, the biggest disappointment of all is Rage Against the Machine coming apart and deraveling before I got the chance to see them. I was too goddamn young when their last show was in Montreal. Me too. Just I was just borderline too young to go to the it's show. It's bullshit. Yeah, we just fucking missed out. And uh, I think even now, like, how can you say a show 15 years later is going to match the intensity of these guys 15 years ago? Look, we it's, got a little piece at Audio Slave, but that's that's not that's not it. Yeah, and I got a piece at Profits of Rage, but it's not the complete picture. It's not the full thing. But you posted a great article on uh, on our Facebook page at the DBTH guys uh, talking about Evil Empire, right? Their second album. Yeah, what a great comprehensive review. Obviously, it was a fan reviewing Evil Empire, an album that I really didn't give a chance proper. Like, of course, I love Down Rodeo and Bulls on Parade, but as an album, I always preferred the first Rage album. Watching this guy's video review just changed the whole way I thought about the album. I've I've been listening to it nonstop. You know what? Let's give him a master track. We're gonna give them this master track let's, right let's, now. Let's give them the master track right now. All right, here we go. Welcome to the master track, where Muck and Dre talk to you about a song they just can't seem to take off repeat. Down Rodeo off of Evil Empire, Rage Against the Machine. What is that, 1994? 1994. Is it? I think so. You're going to shoot facts at me. You better be right. Okay, I'm fact-checking right now, okay? Fact-checking. If I'm wrong, I'm going to leave it on the podcast that I was wrong. All right? Mm -hmm. We're calling it out right now. I'm eating an egg. 96. I knew the first one was 92. I didn't think they waited four years to release something else. You know what sucks? I had that album in my hand last time we went to the record store, and I put it back. Why'd you put it back, man? Because I always said I wanted to get the other albums, but at the same time, I don't know. There's so many awesome songs, but uh, we're, we're, we're doing Down Rodeo. Why? Why? Listen to the song. Why? The intro, dude, like the, the, the lyrics, rolling down Rodeo with a shotgun. These people ain't seen a brown skin man since their grandparents bought one. That's how the song starts. Yeah, that's pretty That's the up. first lyric. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. He's not rated high enough as an MC. He's, it's, it's, it was so important what he did because I feel like he really brought true, real political issues into white people's homes. Everybody I know has listened to at least one album of Rage Against the Machine, right? Exactly. And they brought a lot of very real problems. Like like we were talking about, their first album cover is a monk on fire. Their music videos were on MTV, on the top 25 list. You know what I mean? They were, in the, in the mid-90s, they were huge, which made them very powerful, which made this album so fucking kick-ass. 
not just lyrically, but the groove, that funk, like, I know we're talking about the album now, but like, you have to talk about the album, like People of the Sun, that intro bass line is so amazing. Yeah, and Roll Right is one of one of yeah. my top songs on the album, so. Vietnam, the, the whole album is, is fucking awesome. So why don't we just do Master Track of Evil Empire in celebration, Fine. fuck it. Master album. Yeah. Right, we're going to bend the rules because why the fuck not? I still can't get over that song, man. So powerful. Anyway, let's close it up here. Already at the end again. We say it every time, but... uh... It's really fun doing this shit. Yeah, it is. It, it It's actually relaxing. It's your meditation period? Yeah, whatever you want to call it. So if you guys want to find us, we've got Facebook at the DBTH guys. Or you can shoot us an email at the DBTH guys at gmail.com. Guys, get in touch with us. Tell us what you want to hear as a topic. Give us some insight. We want to hear what's going on. And don't forget, if you check out our page, you can subscribe to the podcast on all of your favorite podcast listening things like Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, uh, TuneIn. There's a big fucking list. You can go check them out. Most importantly, remember everybody, make some time for music. It's fucking important.